0: Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. Well, good morning, Antioch. Good morning. My name is James Albright. I'm the Life Group Pastor and the Director of International Initiatives here at Antioch Fort Worth. And I'm so glad that I get the chance this morning to share with you the word. But before we do that, I want, to, uh, I want to talk to you about ADS, about the Antioch Discipleship School, what you just saw there on the video. So Antioch Discipleship School is a nine-month uh, school where we focus on growing as disciples of Jesus who know how to make disciples of Jesus wherever they go. So that's our whole point that's what we're trying to do and and we just had a class graduate just a few weeks ago we had our 2020 class graduate. So wherever you are right now, I want you to give them just a big round of applause. Way to go. You guys did great. If you know who they are, then send them a text, give them a phone call, tell them job well done. And hey, they're the first and and may in faith may be the only class to ever finish in the middle of a pandemic. So way to go, guys. It was awesome. It was a great year. I'm proud of the way that you've pressed into the Lord and grew so be sure and give those guys a big high five when you can, or an air five, I suppose, in these days and age. So that brings us here. We are preparing for the next year of ADS. And so I want to just call you to, uh, to pray about, to prayerfully consider joining, applying for ADS in this next year. So if you're hungry, you want to grow, you want to be challenged in the Lord, then this is the place for you to do, for you to go. Uh, ADS is something that we encourage everybody at Antioch Fort Worth at some point in their journey to walk through the discipleship school. So you can apply by jumping online to our website at uh, antiochfortworth.com. Find the Discipleship School, and there you will be able to apply right there. And uh, spots are filling up. We've already got a big list of applicants, and our application deadline is on June 30th. The school starts at the end of August. So we're ready to go, ready to see your application. I would encourage you to do that. All right. Well, before we dive into the Word this morning, I want to just introduce myself a little bit more and my family So I've had the privilege of being here at Antioch for 19 years, and 16 of those years i have been able to be on staff both internationally and here locally. And I love this family. I love this tribe. This is my people, And, and I'm so thankful for them. And I get the privilege of walking this life out together with my beautiful, and let me just say, the most beautiful and the most talented woman on the face of the earth ever. Laura Albright, who serves on staff here with us as well, and she's amazing she 's my best friend, and I'm so thankful for her. we've been married for coming up here on 18 years in just a couple months. and we have three beautiful daughters who are 14, 13, and 10, and they're amazing, and it's one of the best privileges of my life to be their dad. I love it. All right, so we're going to dive in here to our word this morning. Uh, Over the last few weeks, we've been been walking through a sermon series called, This Changes Everything. And we've been talking about how the resurrection of Jesus changed everything. And man, there's just, we went through it for a number of weeks and we only scratched the surface of what that all means for us. But it was an amazing time and I pray you were encouraged. And so next week, we're going to begin a sermon series called, We Are the Church. And we're going to walk through uh, different aspects and principles of who the church is, who we are as the people of God, looking at the book of Acts to do that. And so here we're in between sermon series. So you'd think James gets to talk about whatever he wants. It's going to be awesome. No. So no, I feel like I've got a word for you. I feel like the Lord is saying something. And this is something that actually he's been putting on me for a number of weeks. And I've been praying it in my own life and my family and for us as a people, for the church. And so I get the chance to be able to communicate that with you this morning. I'm excited about that. And as is normally the case, that always comes out of your own personal experience. Whenever you preach or teach, it's often you've got to walk through the struggle and then meet God in order to be able to deliver this. And so that's the same here with me. And so let me bring you into that story. So my family and I have been uh, reading through the book of Matthew together. And in fact, today we're finishing it. We read Matthew 28 today. And when I got to Matthew 15... Uh, where Jesus feeds the 4,000, there were just a number of things that began to stand out to me. And I'd realized, okay, the Lord's talking to me about some stuff here. So one of the first things that I noticed was, you know, why would Matthew, the author of this book, why did he tell a story in Matthew 14 of the feeding of the 5,000? And then one chapter later, a very similar story, Matthew 15, where he feeds 4,000. Why would he do that back to back? What is he doing? Why would he feel the need to include those two very similar stories? And then I saw this thing there in in Matthew 15, verse 37. So right after he feeds the 4,000, Matthew is speaking of the ones who were just fed. And it says that they all ate and were satisfied. And it just jumped off the page at me. I thought to myself, that's amazing. And isn't that what it's like with the Lord? That he takes something out of nothing and then all eat and are satisfied. It just, Jen, just began speaking to me. So I sat in it for a while and I just began to think up to myself about, about how the disciples had been learning this lesson, this same lesson over and over in these, in these few chapters. And this lesson was that even in their lack, even when they didn't have a thing to offer or anything worth anything, they, they still gave it. They brought it to him. And then they watched Jesus take it and multiply it. And then all ate and were satisfied. There was satisfaction. There was a provision there. And you know, so here, here, this is how it goes. In Matthew, in Matthew 14, he feeds the 5,000. So we see there that just out of a small meal, he feeds the 5,000 plus women and children. So we're talking 15,000-ish people there. Then later on in chapter 14, Jesus walks on the water and then Peter joins him for this barefoot surfing lesson. So he jumps out of the boat and Pete, you know, they didn't even, at that moment, Jesus says, come on, join me. And Peter doesn't have anything, at least with the feeding of the 5,000, they had some bread and fish. He has nothing. None of us can walk on water that I've seen. But with Jesus called us out, called him out and he stepped out on the water and walked on water in the midst of his lack. Then we go on into chapter 15. Jesus heals a ton of people right before he feeds them. And then he feeds the 4,000 with a lunchable, with a lunch, like just a tiny little meal. And, and it's amazing. And as I'm thinking about this, I'm starting to think about all the ways that God has called me to do different things that I don't have the ability to do. I don't, I don't have it within my means to do what he's called me to do. And all the different things where that comes to play. So these things started coming to mind. During this pandemic, I'm, I'm sure like you guys, you have become, I have become acutely aware of my lack of control. I, I just, those first couple of weeks, my goodness, I was like, okay. I'm, if you wanted to tell me, so I'm out of control. I don't have control over any of this. It is out of control and quite the lesson in, you know, in flexibility. You know, we learned that lesson there. So also during the pandemic up until about five days ago, I was acutely aware of my lack of a haircut. You know, that was, I was in desperate times. I was a little concerned that I was going to have to get up here with my quarantine cut on, but <laughs> praise God he provides. Thank you, Oscar. Uh, On a a more serious note, uh, really, on a more serious note, God has called me to be a godly husband, and yet I so often find myself in a lack and and a lack of wisdom and understanding and how to do that. He's called me to be a godly father to my three daughters, but I mean, so many times I find myself lost and unsure about what the next step is. He's called me to be faithful with our finances, with the things that he's given us. And, and yet often I don't know exactly what the next step is. I lack some of the wisdom to do that. He's called me to assist in pastoring a church through a pandemic, but this is my first pandemic. I'm a pandemic rookie. I've not done this before. There was a seminary elective that I could have taken called Helping Your Church Navigate the Next Pandemic, but I didn't take it. <laughs> Seems like a bad decision at this point. There wasn't that class. That, that was not an elective. It might be now, you know, but yeah. so, but God's called me to be healthy with my body. But oftentimes I feel that lack of self-control for that late night snack. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and I bet by this time, you're all starting to think of the different ways that you sense that lack, uh, those different places where maybe God's called you to do something. And you know, I just don't have what it, what it takes. I don't have it all. You're starting to see, you know, maybe there's a financial lack. Maybe, maybe you were let go in a job, or maybe, maybe you were cut back in hours during this pandemic. Uh, perhaps in a relation, there's a relationship in your life, a friend, a sibling, a, a child, a, a coworker, a spouse, whoever it might be, where you feel like no matter what you do, you can't get to that place of peace with them, and you feel that lack there. Maybe you're, you're at, at a crux of a big decision and you're lacking direction. You're unsure about what that next step is. Perhaps you're discipling someone or leading a life group, doing some type of ministry activity and you and you sense that desperate need for God to move in that place. You can't do it, but God needs to move. And so you find yourself in the same place that the disciples found themselves that day. A place of lack and a place of need. But today, church, if that's you, I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. Because in Matthew 15, Jesus shows us that if we bring him everything that we have, if we lay it down at his feet, even in our great lack, he's going to take that, multiply that, and satisfy our needs, and all will eat and be satisfied. That's the word for us today. So the main thing today is that Jesus is inviting us to partner together With him, in his heart for others, by bringing all that we have, and trusting him for his provision. So we're going to read together Matthew 15 verses 29 through 39. And uh, but before we do that, I want to pray, and I want to just bring in on just a simple little practice that I do uh, every morning as I'm reading the Word of God. Right before I read, I just pray this simple prayer. I'll open up the Bible to where I'm going, where I'm reading, and I'll just pause close my eyes and say, Father, would you shape me with the reading of your word this morning? And so I want to just, because there's just something about it, it opens me up. And I just, so I want to invite you into that as well, that we as a people this morning would open ourselves up to what the Father wants to do in us. So I want to invite you to pray that with me. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to say it slowly. And you pray it with me right here, right in your living rooms, wherever you're at. So Father, would you shape me with the reading of your word this morning? Amen. Lord, would you come and do it? Would you do it in us this morning? Would you speak about who you are and reveal yourself to us this morning? Lord, we need you. We want you. We love you. And it's in your mighty name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, let's read Matthew 15, 29 through 39 here together. So Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down and great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking and the crippled made well, the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. I've already been with, they've already been with me for three days and they have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Well, how many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave thanks to the, and gave them to the disciples. And then in, they in turn to the people, they all ate and were satisfied. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken bread that were left over. And the number of those who ate were 4,000 besides women and children. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right. So I've got three things here that I feel like the Lord has uh, shown us here for uh, things that he's inviting us into. So we're going to walk through those three things here together. So number one, Jesus is inviting us to partner with him in his heart for others. He's inviting us to partner with him in his heart for others. So as we read that first part there of that passage, his heart for people is big time on display. I mean, I just want to help us kind of imagine ourselves in this scene as one of the disciples. So just imagine yourself there. You're in a remote place with Jesus on a mountainside, And there are, it's, they're saying 4,000 men. So we're talking 10, 12,000 people there with women and children. It is a big crowd and they're all around and there's talking and it's noisy. And you've got the sick and the lame and the crippled and the blind all coming and trying to get to Jesus and him. He is, he is compassionate towards them. He's healing them. He's taking time to talk to people. He is healing them and bringing the kingdom, making things right in that place. You see, he functions out of a place of compassion and love for people. It's the very foundation of who he is and what his ministry was. He is from a place of compassion and love. He cared about their well-being. He cared that they were sick. He cared that they needed healing, that they were crippled, blind, and lame. He cared about that. And and we see in in chapter 15, verse 32, we see that he even cared about where their next meal was coming from. So for some of you this morning, that's a word for you. That's a word for you that Jesus cares about where your next meal is coming from. He cares about where your next paycheck is coming from. He cares about your well-being. He cares about your health. He cares about the little things in your life that you don't know and or you don't think he sees or cares about. He cares about them. He cares about your ability to get from point A to point B. That's what he was saying. I'm concerned for them that they can't, that they're going to collapse on the way. He's concerned for you for things that you may not even realize he's con- concerned for. He is because he loves you. He loves us. He's got our back. His entire ministry is built upon love and compassion. So when you doubt that, when you, re- when you don't remember that God, that God cares for those little things, then I want to call you back to this Matthew 15 passage. Come back here and look at verse 32 and remember that he cares for you. His whole Work and ministry was built on love and compassion. But there in verse 32, that's actually not just him sharing his heart and saying, I want to do something, but he's actually inviting his disciples in to partner with him in what he's doing. He's communicating his heart, but he's saying, guys, what are we going to do about this? And so, you know, today, church, in the same way Jesus, in the same way that Jesus invited his disciples to join him in that work of love and of compassion, Jesus is inviting us to partner together with him as well. He's inviting us to partner with him in what he's doing in people all around us in our city. Right now in the city, in our nation, in the nations, there is so much need. What is Jesus up to? Let's join him there in that place. So you see, when we're hanging out with Jesus then we start to develop a heart like his. When we spend more time with him, then we become more like him. We become like the one we're spending time with, whether for good or for bad, the things that we don't want to become more like. If we spend a bunch of time on Netflix, we might become more like that. I mean, nothing wrong with Netflix, but I'm saying I want to become, we want to become a people who look more and more like Jesus. We want to spend more time with him. You know, so here's an example. I grew up in Seattle, and, and when, I, when I go back and I see old friends there in Seattle, they'll make fun of me because they think I have an accent, a Texas accent. I don't really think I have much of an accent. I, I, may, I throw a, a y'all out there occasionally, but, but they will make fun of me like I have, I guess, you know, the last 25 years. This state has had an impact on me. You know, I even love the Cowboys. You know, it's really amazing. But come on. Yeah. So, hey, but you know, we become like the ones that we spend time with. And so the more time that we spend with Jesus, the more we're going to become like him. And so he expresses his heart of compassion to his disciples and invites them. Come on. What are we going to do about this together? But it seems his disciples like us, they lack one more thing. They lack a good memory because one chapter ago, they fed 5,000, which was about 15,000 people. And here they are again in the same situation. They're sitting on this mountainside and Jesus says, I'd want to feed these guys. And in verse 33, his disciples said, well, where are we going to get enough food to feed these people in such a remote place? I know I've said this to the Lord so many times where I feel like he's called me to do something and I go, uh... I don't have the ability to do that. That is outside of my means. I can't do that. I remember when we moved to Croatia in 2004, I was in my mid twenties. I was fired up, passionate, ready to go. There was not a single doubt in my mind that we were going to accomplish everything that God had, had told us. And then I remember as we're descending in the Zagreb International Airport and I'm looking down at the red roofs of Zagreb and I'm going, oh my goodness, I've made a mistake. What am I going to do to help these people? These people have been here for a long time and I'm coming in here. My wife and I, we think we've got something to offer. I can't even say hello and goodbye in Croatian. How am I going to bring anything and make a difference here? And you have that aha moment. Like I what I have in my hands is not enough, but that's a good place to be church. That's a good place to be when, you know, when the call of God comes on you and you know that what you've been called to do is beyond what you are able to do. You're in a good place. That's because when we're on the edge of our faith, that's when we see God move. That's when we see the provision of God. So that's, we're going to go into our second point here. Jesus, here's our second point. Jesus is inviting us to partner with him by bringing all that we have, by bringing all that we have. After the disciples asked Jesus how they're going to feed everyone, Jesus asked them the simple question in return. He says, well, how much food do you have? <laughs> the disciples answered, we have seven loaves of bread and a can of sardines. And I get the feeling that it didn't even matter what they said. I think they could have said anything and he would have gone, okay, that'll work. As, because it's not, it's not about the quantity, I want you to hear, it's not about the quantity. It's about that we're giving it all. Yeah. So they didn't hold anything back. It was their dinner too. I don't think it would have worked if they would have said, well, look, Jesus, this is our dinner too. So could we go have these? That wouldn't have worked. That, you know, They couldn't have split it up. They needed to give it all. Yeah. They needed to give everything that they had. They put themselves at risk for the sake of others, trusting that the Lord was going to provide. The point is, is that whatever is in our hands right now, it's enough when we're walking with Jesus. And we can lay that down wholeheartedly. You see, the disciples were not just giving away part of what they had. They were giving away their own dinner. And I love that, that as a church, we've been walking through what we've called the Nathan Initiative, this uh, discipleship uh, initiative and in generosity, because we've been talking about this reality that as a Nathan people, that word Nathan meaning being given, given to God, then we are a people who are marked by this. And when I say we, I mean us as Antioch Fort Worth, but I'm talking about the big C church. It is a mark on the people of God to be given to him and given for others. And that's what the disciples were walking out in that moment. They were walking out that type of a life where they gave everything they had and they trusted in the Lord's provision. And this is the way it is with the Lord. You know, this is how we partner together together And what he's doing on the earth. And so after they gave Jesus all they had, Jesus immediately went into action. He had the crowd sit down. He took the bread and the fish and he gave thanks, which I love that, just giving thanks for what you have, knowing it's not enough, but this is what I've got and I'm going to be faithful with it. He gave thanks and he broke it and then the disciples passed it out. So the role of the disciples was really simple. They showed up, they brought all they had, and then they waited on God for a miracle. They just partnered with him in what he was doing. And so this leads us to our third and final point. Jesus is inviting us to partner with him by trusting him for his provision, by trusting him for his provision. So after the disciples passed out the food there in verse 36, it says that awesome verse there in in verse 37 that we talked about earlier, all ate and were satisfied. It's just awesome. So all ate. That means the disciples ate. So they gave away their dinner, but then they got back. In fact, they gave away seven loaves of bread and they got back seven basketfuls. I mean, that, that's a pretty good return on your investment, you know, if you're going to go that direction. That's, they gave back, they got back everything and more that they had given. They, were, uh, they all ate and were satisfied. In addition to that, it's amazing to me that the crowd didn't just go away with a snack, just enough to get them home. But it fa- in fact, they were satisfied. Have you ever had that meal that at the end of it, you're just like, that was just right. That was just right. It wasn't too much, wasn't too little. I'm satisfied. That's, that's the word that we're using here. They were satisfied. And this is what the Lord does, you know, when we spend time with him. So this is the pathway. We spend time with him. We get his heart. Then we partner together with him in what he's doing. We give him everything we have to live on, knowing that it's, that it's a lack, that it's not enough, And we watch as he brings the abundance and the provision in our lives. We see this again and again in the scriptures. We have heard the stories of it throughout history for those who've gone before us. And we can see it in our own own lives when we partner together with him in this way. I remember a time in Croatia about three years into our ministry there, into our time. Uh, I was uh, not as far along in ministry and in the things of the church planning uh, initiatives that we were doing there as I thought we should be. Uh, There were different ways where I felt like a failure. I felt like I was failing in language learning. I felt like I was failing in some relationships. I felt like just in general, I was just kind of dropping the ball. It wasn't all going the way I thought it should. And so I went off for a half day of prayer into some nearby hills and forests. It's just beautiful there. And as I was wandering these trails, I just began to pour out my heart to the Lord and just tell him, God, I feel like I've failed you in this. I feel like I'm not doing good enough in this. And just, I need a breakthrough. God, come have mercy. And it's as though, there's times where he's spoken to me and this was like a stop me in my tracks kind of speaking to me moment. And he said, as clear as anything, I can still remember exactly where I was. He said, you didn't fail. You lived. You lived. And when he said that you lived, I don't, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. When he says things, a lot of times there's so much more behind it than just those words. He said, when he said you lived, all this stuff started coming to mind about Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, where they were just together with, G, with God there. They were walking together, making decisions together, working together, spending time together. And it was, it was, it was in perfect communion and fellowship and I and I felt like what the Lord was saying was, James, that's what we're going for. We're walking in that way. And that's what you've done. You've lived. You've lived the way it was meant to be lived. You have lived in such a way where you are putting yourself, where we're in this together. And all you can do, James, is put everything on the table and trust me with the results. And as he did that, he was redefining success for me. So it was no longer about the results in a in a. A worldly sense it was more about my success is how well I spend my time with Jesus. Do I spend my days with him? Do I walk with him? and so uh, from that moment on, I was forever changed i was re- It was completely changed my perspective and um, and and the the cool thing is that. After that, in the in the months and week and the and years to come, we entered into one of the more fruitful seasons that we had ever seen there in Croatia so far. We had some of the breakthroughs that we'd been longing for, and it all just happened there after I had taken time to surrender it all, even my expectations of what it should look like, and then allow him to bring the great increase. And he did. This is the way it is with God. He he invites us to bring our everything, even when we think it's nothing, and he will be faithful to multiply it and use it for his kingdom's increase. I cannot promise you the exact results. I can't promise you that, but what I can promise you is an abundance of his provision, an abundance of himself, an abundance of his presence. And when that happens in your own life and in the lives around us, then all eat and are satisfied. So let's walk this out practically here as we wrap this up. There's a couple of questions I wanna, wanna ask you uh, or I wanna encourage you to take time to ask the Lord. So I think we have these in the outline. If not, you can jot these down. So am I spending enough time with Jesus to capture his heart for those around me? Am I spending enough time with him? Just take an honest look at that. What is God calling me to that seems impossible? And what am I afraid of? What do I have in my hands right now that I need to offer him? And then finally, have I given Jesus my everything? Have I laid my life down for him? Have I given him everything, surrendered my life to him? You know, these are not flippant or easy questions by any stretch. These are hard questions. So I encourage you in the next couple of days here. Take some time with the Lord and process these questions. Get together with somebody from your life group or a friend or somebody and, and process these questions with them as well and talk about this. So here we go. Here's my challenge for you. My final challenge here. When you, where do you see a lack in your life? Where do you see that place? And where do you feel like you don't have enough to do what God called you to do? It could be that you don't feel like you have the finances or the talent or the time or whatever it might be. But take that and then just pray this simple prayer that I pray often. Say, Father, I don't feel like I have enough to do what you've called me to do, but what I do have, I bring it to you. And just bring him that simple offering and then trust him with the results. So let's pray together here as we wrap up. Father, I thank you that this is true, Lord, that what you've shown us is true, Lord, that you are such a good and loving Father, that you love to just partner together with us and and just invite us to bring what we have in our hands right now. And you will take that and multiply it and use it for your kingdom's increase. I thank you for that, God. I thank you that we can trust you with the results, that we can trust you for provision. We can trust you, Lord, in those places where we sense a lack we thank you for that. God, I pray that you would do it in the church, Lord, right now. Do it in our city and in the nations of the earth. May we be a blessing, Lord, to those around us as we give our everything to him, to you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. It's in your mighty name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I want to bless you, church. So I bless you today that today you would walk so closely to Jesus that you capture his heart for the world around you. I bless you today that you will joyfully offer him everything in your hands. And I bless you today that you're going to see the abundance and the provision of the Lord in your life, wherever you go. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Have a great day. I love you guys. Bless you.